0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. I was texting with father brent last night because he had sent me a message and he said uh he said wasn't wasn't the holy trinity your your first mass and i was like hey you know good memory and i just remember when i was ordained i'm being terrified that my first homily as a priest now remember i'd been a deacon for two years already so i'd I'd already given many homilies but my first homily as a priest with like all of my family and friends and Archbishop Vlasny and tons of other people were there. And I was like, man, I have to give this homily on the Holy Trinity. That's like the hardest first homily ever to have to give. And so I was, I was a little bit nervous about it at the time. And it brought me back to my first, my Trinity class in theology. And we were taught by a Dominican priest from India who was, who had this Oxford English accent and he had kind of a very bold and booming voice and we were all terrified to answer any questions in his class because any time that we would say something that wasn't correct about the uh the holy trinity he would be like heretic <laughs> like that and so we were always afraid of committing heresy in his class for those of you who were, you know heresy is when we would say something contrary to a truth of the church and so the trinity is a tricky one so i always like to say this little story that happened to St. Augustine. I'm sure many of you have heard this story before, but you know, St. Augustine had a very interesting life, right? It took him a while to find his faith, and St. Augustine is famous for writing the book The Confessions, along with many other books, and he wrote so many things, but it took a wandering and long path for him to get there, but he was so smart that he eventually became a bishop of the church. So if you ever see St. Augustine's book, The City of God, on a bookshelf, it's like this fat. It's a huge book. And that's, that's one of a number of things that he had written. And so as he's kind of pondering his, his life and, and different things, he's just like, I am going to try to figure out the Trinity. He's like, I'm going to try to get a grasp of what the Trinity means. And so he's wandering on the beach trying to figure it out and wrap his mind around it. And then he sees a young boy running from the water into a hole in the sand on the beach. And he's grabbing scoopfuls of water with a shell. And then he's putting them into the hole. And so curiously, St. Augustine is like, my boy, what are you doing? And then he said, I'm trying to put all the sea into this hole. And then Augustine stops and is like, but that's impossible. <laughs> and then the boy stops what he's doing He looks up at augustine and he says it's no more impossible than you trying to figure out the mystery of the trinity with your tiny intellect and then it said he was vanished from his sight at that point so sometimes the lord appears to us in different forms to remind us of who he is and who we are not right you know he is the god of the universe and we are not the god of the universe right so there are things in our faith that have been revealed to us, and they continue to be revealed to us throughout our life. But to be Catholic is to be okay with a certain amount of mystery in our life for that very reason that we are not God. We have to be okay with not understanding everything about the truths of our faith. For those of you who've done the consecration of St. Joseph this year, during the Saint, this year of St. Joseph that the Holy Father announced, many of you were probably you know taken by the fact that the consecration book to saint joseph is like a fat book and and i know i wasn't the only one who thought this because many other people who had expressed it it's like how in the world is there that many things written about saint joseph he didn't say anything in scripture at all how in the world could we have this much about him and then you go through that consecration and you're like oh my goodness there's so many things about saint joseph that i did not know And it took us till the year 2021 to announce a year of saint joseph so the lord god and his church he reveals things to us throughout time when we're prepared to receive them but we always have to realize that we can't fully wrap our arms around something like the mystery of the holy trinity i remember shortly before I was ordained i i did my we have this canonical retreat that we do this week-long retreat that we would do sort of shortly before our ordination and and i was able to do my retreat in in engelberg and engelberg is actually the mother house of mount angel so this is where the monks originally came from when they came to the united states to found mount angel and then also conception abbey in missouri and so it was really awesome for me because i started my first two years of seminary in Mount Angel, so it was really great to go to the mother house in in Switzerland, in Engelberg. And so while I was there during that retreat, over their altar, over their main altar, is a beautiful, beautiful painting of the coronation of Mary. But one of the amazing parts of that painting is that you have within the main frame of the painting is the Blessed Mother, and then a crown, like angels crowning her with the crown. But then Jesus kind of hovering right in between, and then there's a separate frame above them that's God the Father. But it's also a clock, and the right arm of God the Father is the the arm of the clock. And it points to one of the most important things in our life as we're here on this earth, which is time. So many of you have known or have seen the, the great movie, The Shawshank Redemption. And this is, this is, you know, one of my favorite movies, and it's an amazing, amazing movie. But there's a particular scene in that movie, and one of the scenes in that movie, you know, takes place in a prison. And so what happens is uh, they discover that one of the prisoners is gone, and then they discover a tunnel that he had dug through the wall. And, and at one point, I remember actually, like, looking it up, because I think it was, like, the equivalent to, like, 20 feet of concrete or something like that and so there's an amazing scene there though when they're marveling at this 20 foot long tunnel that this prisoner made through the wall and then morgan freeman is narrating this amazing scene and then he says geology is the study of pressure and time you know pressure and time all of those years that that prisoner just scraped away at that concrete and time equaled this gigantic tunnel that was that was his escape but our lives and many of you have heard me say this before because i think it's so important for us just in the practical sense of getting to know the lord of the universe building a relationship with him is Our life, our relationship with the Lord of the universe is not made through pressure and time, although it might seem like that every once in a while, but it's made through conversation and time. That's the equation. The same exact way that we all get to know one another is the same way that we get to know the Lord of the universe. Over the course of time, speaking to one another and knowing and being known that's the only way that it happens and so one of the big questions i want you to think of to to ponder in your mind today is that very thing do i spend enough time with the lord of the universe there are so many things vying for our time now in all of history this is the most occupied or preoccupied we have ever been there is like no shortage of things to fill our life with but it's like how much are we filling ourselves with all of those other things that only belong to the, this earth and how much do we actually spend time filling ourselves with our lord and, and and i'm going to tell you i'm going to be honest with you and this was certainly the truth at one point in my life it's no longer the truth but um but if it's only during mass once a week that's not enough it's not enough one hour during mass is not enough to get to know the lord of the universe we have to take other time in prayer to get to know him one way shape or form i recently had mentioned this i forget what book it's in it's something like seven habits of High, highly effective people or good to great or one of those famous books but it's that the words listen and silent are spelled with the same letters and so It's just a funny thing to think about to ponder on and you know we realize that many people who have started a prayer life often our prayer life starts with prayers of petition you know asking the lord for things in our life asking him to help us asking him to get us to certain places but then we realize as we sort of grow in our life with the lord some magical transformation starts to happen And we spend a lot less time speaking and a lot more time spending time but listening to him and it seems to transform it's like the longer you go the less you seem to have to say and many of you that are that are married that's a natural course of a marriage as well in the beginning as you get to know each other there is lots of conversation that you have but over the course of time once you know nearly everything you could possibly imagine about each other once you've spent more time as a married couple than you ever spent even as a single person on this earth you start to realize there's not a whole lot left needs to be said you just spend time in each other's presence and that's enough and that becomes enough that that's an amazing thing sometimes maybe a hard transition But that's often the same way that that the Lord, in his relationship with us, sort of pans out as time goes by. And so that's one practical action item that you can actually do. And this is a simple, simple way to do it. Use your phone. Use your watch. Start out. If you're not already doing this already, there's some people here that spend like an hour or two hours in a holy hour with our lord using our adoration chapel or this very church and so they might have a lot of that time spent with our lord on lock but if we don't have devoted time to him start with 10 or 15 minutes and make this intention 10 or 15 minutes on your phone sit there in the silence of your room or better yet come to the church or the adoration chapel and give the time to the lord just in silence You don't have to say anything or do anything. You know, that silence can be deafening if we are not used to it, right? Like, I got to fill it with something. Maybe I'll pray my rosary or maybe I'll do something. It's like, no, just nothing. It's amazing if you can just give that gift of time to the Lord. Because in the end, that's, that's the greatest gift that we have to give to anybody is quality time spent with them. That's how we build up that relationship. That relationship in the Trinity is an eternal relationship. I say this often. But we always have to remind ourselves that the Trinity, a very simple sense of it, is that, remember, before Jesus the Son comes down to this earth, God the Father and the Son are eternal beings. That's why we say begotten. They were not, they were not created beings. They always were always eternal existence. And they're in heaven together, and there always needs to be a lover and a beloved. So God the Father loves the Son, and that Son is returned to the Father. And that constant emanation of love between the two of them is the Holy Spirit. So these things are absolutely eternal and constant. There was never never a moment, never a time where they did not exist. And that's why our relationships are often a reflection of that very thing. So we know what it's like to be known by somebody and to get to know somebody else. Um, You know, I've mentioned this before, but my best friend is here today. And I just think about our lives. We, We often talk about this because we spend lots of time together. And in the time that we've spent together doing different things, we'd realize that Thank God for, you know, being just old enough that electronics did not completely take over our life. And there are times where we went on road trips where we didn't even own cell phones. Hours and hours and hours spent just talking with attention to one another. Not, you know, sitting across from each other in a restaurant where he had a phone and I had a phone in my hand. You know, it's just like, no, completely. I mean, it's just rare that that we have our phone in our hand for longer than a moment when we spend time together. That is what we're trying to establish with the Lord. Time spent and real relationship. Because at the end of our life, at the end of our life, you know, what we don't want to hear the Lord say is, you say, Lord, Lord, and he said, I never knew you. That is what we do not want to hear. That's like the last thing that we want to hear. But we want to just hear him say well done my good and faithful servant because he just knows us and we know him so we recognize him and he recognizes us because of all that time that we spent with him and as i look out at all of you today it's amazing sometimes we use the phrase that each one of us is unique and unrepeatable when we think about the history of humanity all the people that have existed That's an unbelievable reality that every single time somebody else is born, we are unique and unrepeatable. But we are made for God and we are made to be with him in heaven, not on this earth, not in this temporary space. And so I just want to finish by reading this brief little excerpt. This is from the book uh, by C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain. And it's an amazing, amazing sense of... God. I mean, you know, C.S. Lewis certainly had an unbelievable way with words, but he said, I am considering not how, but why he makes each soul unique. If he had no use for all these differences, I do not see why he should have created more souls than one. Be sure that the ins and outs of your individuality are no mystery to him. And one day, they will no longer be a mystery to you the mold in which a key is made would be a strange thing if you have never seen a key and the key itself a strange thing if you had never seen a lock your soul has a curious shape because it is a hollow made to fit a particular swelling in the infinite contours of the divine substance or a key to unlock one of the doors and the house with many mansions for it is not humanity in the abstract that is to be saved but you you the individual reader john stubbs or janet smith blessed and fortunate creature your eyes shall behold him and not another's all that you are sins apart is destined if you will let god have his good way to utter satisfaction your place in heaven will seem to be made for you and you alone, because you were made for it, made for it stitch by stitch, as a glove is made for a hand. God bless you all.